Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. If today is your first time at Journey Church or your first time being a part of this series, uh, Playlist is what we're calling the series, is actually uh, us taking what I believe is the greatest bridge in all of culture, music, and we're using that bridge to connect uh, the songs that we hear to God's truth. And there is a lot of truth in the songs that we hear, even if it's not spiritual. Come on. Have you ever had a spiritual moment to a non-spiritual song? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'd be like, Jesus, all my life I've been waiting for someone like you, Lord. Sometimes I really have spirit. Anyway, that's not on the message. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. <laughs> Some people just have breakthrough to like Cardi B, just crazy. Anyway, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Uh, if you have it, you can uh, read it along with me. If not, it'll be on the screen. And let us run with, say it with me, endurance. Endurance, the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, say it with me, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Today's song and sermon was written for anyone who finds themselves uh, overwhelmed and discouraged, tired and exhausted. As the author says, anyone who finds themselves a little bit weary. Now, it's important to note that the author of Hebrews, we don't really know who he is. I might slip and say Paul, because a lot of people think that it's Paul, but we really don't know who uh, wrote uh, the book of Hebrews. All we do know is that he liked coffee, because he brews. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Forgive me. Forgive me. That was terrible. Anyway, um, we don't really know who it is, but uh, when he makes a point, he says, he says that they're weary. Now, it's important to understand that he said weary and not weak. And I think that's important because um, just because you're weary doesn't make you weak. Just because you're a tired person doesn't make you a terrible person. In fact, if you're weary, it's probably because you're working. If you're tired, it's probably because you're trying. And so I'm just trying to say that to alleviate the guilt that we sometimes feel for the state of our emotions. Sometimes we look at our humanity and we get ashamed of it. And I shouldn't feel like this way. And I've got a good husband and I've got a good wife and I've got, and I've got great kids. And I know Jesus loves me and, and I feel terrible that I feel terrible. But, but, but just because you're weary doesn't make you weak. I want you to know that I know who I'm preaching to today. I don't believe I'm preaching to lazy people. I believe that I'm preaching to fighters, but fighters who are starting to get a little bit tired of always having to fight, always having a fight for appreciation, always having a fight for a job, always having to fight for your family, always having to fight your kids, always having to fight for purity, always having to fight your thoughts, always having to fight depression, always trying to fight, always trying to fight. You're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, and you're starting to get 
tired. And when someone can see that you're tired, they ask you how you're doing. And and you probably tell them, you know, you feel like you just need a break. But what you really want to say is that you feel like you're breaking. You're starting to really seriously consider quitting. Quitting on what? I don't know. Quitting on someone. Quitting on some dream. Quitting on some goal. Quitting on maybe God. Maybe your relationship with him. Maybe even church. It's a terrible feeling to feel like you want to quit. And I want to let you know I've been praying for you this week so, 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 so hard. There are some times in message preparation uh, where the Holy Spirit just lets you know somebody's life is on the line, whether it be a relationship, like I said, with Christ or a marriage or a home. My prayer today has been that God would renew your soul. I think there are people who are getting ready to give up on their relationship with Jesus. And I believe, listen, when every bone in my body, I believe that today God is going to restore your passion to serve him. I believe there are people in this building this morning who are getting ready to give up on a prayer that you've been praying for a while, but because God hasn't answered it, you're about to put it on the top shelf and leave it, and God is going to restore your faith to pray again. I even believe, and this is where God hit me hard, I even believe that there are people sitting next to you, you would never know it, but they're getting ready to give up on life itself. And I believe that God is going to renew your will to live this morning. I believe it. I believe that God's going to restore, that God's going to refill, that God's going to renew. And uh, you might be here thinking, well, that's okay. Uh, I don't need this message then. I could probably just go home because I'm good. Life is good. I'm happy. I don't feel like I'm going to quit anything. That's cool. But guess what? You might need this this message by Tuesday because life happens like that. I don't know if you know this, but we are all just one phone call away. Just one relationship away, just one failure away from coming under an avalanche of confusion and emotion, just one. And so, and when that happens, there's going to be a temptation because the enemy is going to come with a million reasons why you should give up, a million reasons why you should give up. And my goal today is just to give you one reason to go on. In fact, that's the title of today's sermon. I want you to look to your person to your left and tell them a million reasons, a million reasons, a million reasons. A million reasons. And, and if the word last week was, uh, was confidence, the word this week is endurance. I am enamored by this idea of endurance. I don't know why. It could be because recently I read a study that took West Point Army graduates, million-dollar salespeople, and, uh, oh, spelling bee champions. <laughs> and the person doing the study tried to find the one trait that would predict who would win the spelling bee, graduate from, uh, from West Point, and make a million dollars in sales. And when they did the study, they found out that it was not IQ, it was not talent, it was not physical fitness. Do you know what the number one trait for predicting success is? endurance. They found out that they could arrange a test that would, that would look at the person's life to see if they're a quitter. And if they did not quit on things, then they knew that they would win because they would hold on long enough to win. Maybe the reason why I'm so drawn to endurance is I can still remember to this day when my pastor and mentor in South Carolina called all of the staff of the church and all the interns. I was just an intern at the time. And he called us all into the cafeteria and he, and he handed in his resignation to the church. And when he handed it in, he looked at me with tears in his eyes. And he said, JJ, he said, finish the race. He was crying as he said it because he knew that God hadn't called them to to give up yet, but he just could not go on. Maybe the reason why I'm all up in endurance and have been reading about it and then studying it is because of my dad, who I tell his story often. I, I love him a lot. He was the second oldest of 11 kids, and he stood at the house and helped raise those 11 kids. And he didn't leave. He didn't escape. He didn't run away. Uh, he, he gave them 
his, his life. He, he, he got second jobs, third jobs, ought to put food on the table. He didn't run away. He endured. He endured me. He endured my sister. He endured my mother. And she crazy. I'm telling you, I respect, I respect those people who can endure. Or maybe really the reason why I, I love this concept of endurance is because I have a savior who was betrayed, who was bruised, who was beaten, who was blasphemed, but through it all carried his cross and wore his crown and took the nails for you and for me and did not give up, but went on. Endurance is the difference between quitting and winning. Whatever the reason I value it really doesn't matter. What does matter and what you should know is that God definitely values endurance. He absolutely does. In fact, I did a word study. I went through the Bible, every page, all week. I went through every page, and I highlighted where in the Bible the word endurance was. I'm lying. I didn't do that. That would have been crazy. <laughs> I mean, I got time, but not that much time. There's actually a tool called the concordance. It's on Google. It's really easy. You just type in the word, and it tells you how many times that word is in the Bible. Would you believe that the word endurance is found, listen to this, exactly, not less than, not more than, 52 times in the Bible? 52, 52, 52. What is it about 52? One for every week of the year. Or better said, one for every Monday of your life. Come on, somebody. Can we talk about Mondays for a little bit? Because I love Sunday, but the hardest thing I need to do is remember as a pastor, church is not about our Sunday, it's about your Monday. Sometimes I forget that, and we get good bands, and we get good lights going, thinking that this is the end-all, be-all. But I wonder if I could preach with the same boldness I'm preaching with right now if I had to follow you back home. If I had to see the people that you live with, you're nodding a little too strong, sir. He's like, he's like yes, you don't know my family. They're crazy. Um, I wonder. And it doesn't, it doesn't miss. It doesn't, I'm, not, I'm not lost on that fact. I know that life is hard. I mean, we need to talk about Mondays, though, if we're ever going to really have an impact in your life. And and, and I'm all about, you know, the Easter weekend message. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. It's a great message. A lot of pastors preach it on Easter. I haven't preached it yet. We've had two Easter's at the church, but I'm definitely preaching it next year. So come back. I mean, just give you the preview now, but come back. It talks about the pain of Friday. I don't know if you've heard this, where Jesus dies on the cross and say, you know, sometimes in life we go through the pain of Friday. And then it says, and the silence of Saturday, you know, because then Jesus was in the grave and nothing was happening. And sometimes life gets silent. He goes, but then come. And then you get high resurrection Sunday, you know, and everybody gets excited. Woo! That's awesome. But can somebody please talk about the grind of Monday? I think one of the reasons why we quit on life, listen, it's because of the grind. The grind of Monday. And I'm all a fan of the resurrection. But you know what Peter did after the resurrection? He went fishing. The resurrection didn't stop Paul from having to sell tents. You know why? Because the resurrection can free you from your past. The resurrection can free you from your shame. The resurrection can free you from your sin. But the resurrection will not free you from your grind. I don't care how great this service is on Sunday. And it's going to be awesome. I believe it. You still got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> and wouldn't it be silly to be frustrated? You go to work and your, your boss is like, you need to do this. And you're like, you were in that church last week. It was awesome. I don't want to do this work. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't free you from the grind. The grind is going to be there every day. Sometimes it feels like on Monday morning you get there and you start praying. It feels like God's your best friend. And then, and then the next Monday it feels like God's your worst enemy. I, I have some people who are in real estate. And they can go one week and sell 10 houses in one week. And then go 10 weeks without selling one house. That's a grind. I'm talking to parents in the building who know what it's like to, to be a parent. It's a grind to tell your child for the 100th time that rocks are not candy. It's just my struggle, y'all. It's just my struggle. It's letting you in. 
on my struggle. But even if you have a teenager, you know the, the grind of, of being the parent of a teenager and having to worry and find out where they are and going all through these things. Mondays can get you, man. I think sometimes it's not the big catastrophic events in our life that make us want to quit. Sometimes I just think it's the relentlessness of the everyday work that we got to pick up that drives us into the ground. I'm talking about the grind. I'm telling you, sometimes it's not trying to praise God in the midnight hour like Paul and Silas. Sometimes it's trying to praise God at 6 a.m. when your alarm clock goes off and tells you it's time to get up and go to school or go to work. Sometimes that's the hardest time to praise the Lord. It's a challenge. I don't know if you're one of those people who wake up happy. If so, I hate you. Never once in my life, I don't know, maybe I don't know Jesus the way I think I know him. Never once in my life do I, do I wake up happy. I always want to go back to sleep. It doesn't matter what time I wake up. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it could go longer. It isn't until I open my word. It isn't until I connect with God. I'll tell you, man, I, I, I really have a, a hate relationship with Mondays. And that's hard for me to say because I probably shouldn't say that. Something, if you know me, Mondays are my family day. Uh, but I love my family. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love my family. It's just that sometimes Mondays are hard because Monday is supposed to be my off day, but it's not really my off day because Monday is also the day where I do uh, what we call, I don't know if you have one of these, it's called the honey-do list. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you about this honey-do list. This is a list of items that I am required by law, uh, apparently, to fix in my house that go broken. And I and I'm a systems guy. I try to find ways to automate things. And this was the worst thing that I could have ever done as a husband. I found a way to automate the honey-do list. I found an app that my wife and I share that she can just upload tasks at her whim that then show up on my phone. I thought, this is great. It'll streamline communication. And, and it was the worst decision ever. Should have never done that. I'm, and, and I tricked myself because I remember waking up one day. It was one Monday, and I said, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support my, I'm going to knock. There was eight things on my list. I said, I'm going to knock out all eight. I knocked out six. I went to bed, woke up in the morning with 12 things on my list. I said, how did that even happen? Did I break something? How did that even happen? What, I thought it went down. How did it go up? And it's like the loaves of bread and fishes multiplied, and the demonic curse. It was on my list. I couldn't figure it out. And I'll tell you what. As much as I get frustrated with Mondays and I don't want to give up on Mondays and just let the house fall, fall to pieces, I don't. And can I tell you why? Because of Thursdays. Yeah. Let me tell you what happens on Thursdays. Date night. And it took me 10 years to figure it out, but I have learned that if I take care of Liz on work day, she will take care of me on date night. I've heard this, I'm telling you. Come on, somebody. It's the truth, okay? And I want you to know, I have a million things on my list that give me a million reasons why it is never going to end. But my wife has given me one good reason to keep going. And I find out in life that it's often like that. The negative reasons, the reasons for giving up will always outnumber the reasons to go on. You got to understand that it's just, it's, it's always that way. The reasons to give up will always outnumber the reasons to go on. And it's because of that, I'll tell you this, a lot of times, listen, let's be honest, quitting is more reasonable. Quitting is more reasonable because it makes more sense, because there's more reasons for it. It doesn't make sense to keep praying for something for 14 years that God hasn't answered. It doesn't make sense to keep praying for that. It doesn't make sense to quit your job and become a musician because barely, you know, musicians barely ever make it. It makes no sense to be a businessman and start your own business. Did you know that eight out of 10 entrepreneurs fail within the first 18 months of their business starting? 
It makes no sense. It's not reasonable. But this is my sermon in a sentence. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Quitting is more reasonable, but enduring is more rewarding. Quitting is more reasonable, but enduring is more rewarding. Just ask Liz. This is a part of our story that we don't know, but she almost missed out on all of this. A lot of people don't know this, but we had been talking for six months, and, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I figured, you know, this is the, you know, in, back when we were in the day, I don't know how dating scene works now, but there was like two stages back then. It was like talking, which is like getting to know a person, and then dating. Do they still have that? I don't even know if they still. Okay, good. That still exists. All right. And so I remember talking to her for six months. Six months, y'all, that's a long time. I didn't even hold her hand for six months. I'm trying to show her I was a man of God. And, and so, and after six months, I, I had this whole big thing out. We went to a museum. We went to a, a restaurant. And we went to SeaWorld during 4th of July for the fireworks. And my plan was to ask her out underneath the fireworks. And I chickened out. I couldn't do it. But in the car ride home, in two separate cars, on the phone, I did. I asked her. I said, hey, I've been wanting to ask you something for a while, and I just want to know if you'll go out with me, and I, we've been talking for six months, and I really feel like you're it, and let's just do, you know, let's, 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 let's start dating, and, and, and gosh, she said no. I had spent a lot of money on that date. She said no to me, and when I asked her why, she said, well, to be honest, I haven't prayed about this yet. I said, well, what the heck have you been doing for the last six months? I prayed about this 55 times already. The Lord said yes already. To me, she said, well, I need to pray. Here's my answer to her. I said, well, you go ahead and pray. I told her, but I'm out. I said, because I'm not, I'm not going to wait around. See, I had been in three relationships prior to that, and each one, the girl had left me or cheated on me or broken up with me. So I just thought, I'm not going to wait around for that to happen. I'm not going to wait for you to pray and be like, nope, I'll just take it now. I'll just take it now. I'm gone. And she could have quit, and she could have given up, and I was giving her a million reasons to. I was being impatient. I was being immature. I was younger than her. She had a business that was successful. I, let's just say I did not have a business, okay? Um, I, did, I was not doing well financially, um, but she went in. She went in. She, went, she began to fast, and she began to pray, and she asked the Lord, God, give me the sign and talk to me. And I'm just telling you, three days later, she called me back and said, yes, sir, which I was like, the Lord answered you that fast? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest about what really happens here. I'm so grateful that she didn't give up. I'm so grateful that she pursued. I gave her a million reasons, but God gave her one good one. That's the person I have for you. And all times in life, all you need is one good reason to keep going. Just one good reason. You need to know this about your enemy, the devil. Your enemy will give you a million reasons to quit on whatever matters most. Have you ever noticed that it's never one thought that gets you stressed? Have you ever noticed that when you're stressed, it's always a multiple of things that come into your mind? If you're married here, or if you know a woman here, just ask her, but make sure you have some time. What's wrong? And you will get an answer. You better have, you better have 30 to 45 minutes. Because it's going to start. I've done it. What's wrong? I just got to be prepared. Because it starts off one place and it ends in another place. Well, I went to work and this girl looked at me funny. And I was wondering why she looked at me funny. I think she looked at me funny because my boss likes me more than her. Speaking about my boss, he might like me, but I don't really like him. The reason why I don't like him is because he reminds me of my second grade teacher. Man, my second grade teacher. Why am I still thinking about my second grade teacher? I got some really serious insecurities going on. Man, these insecurities probably come from my dad. My dad, my dad who's not here anymore. And it's like, whoa. It's never one thing. It's always a multiple of things. Listen, because that's how the enemy attacks. When he attacks you, he attacks you in hordes. 
He comes from all sides with emotions, from all sides with lies, because that's how lies work. That's how I know which one of my kids is lying and which one is telling the truth, whichever one is talking more. He's the liar. Something breaks, and one kid will be like, there was an ant. They're scared of lizard. The lizard scared Blue, my dog. Blue ran, and the thing broke. And then there was a ghost in the closet. The other kid will be like, we were wrestling. <laughs> Just one answer. And whoever has the least to say, parents, I'm telling you right now, whoever has the least to say, that's the kid that's telling the truth. Why? Because one truth is more powerful than a thousand lies. See, the devil in his approach, the devil in his attack actually exposes his weakness. The fact that he's coming you from all different angles is how you know that he's lying. Because he needs 10,000 lies. He needs a million lies to support his point. But God just needs one truth. You just need one truth. You just need one verse. You just need one word from God to keep you on the path. That's why this Bible is so important. It becomes your one. You could be having a terrible day and you read one verse and peace comes over your life. Because one truth can knock out a million lies. All you need is one good reason to keep going. One good reason. One good reason. If there was ever an example of endurance, like I said, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would definitely be it. John 12, 23 uh, and 27. Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. And now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour. My soul is deeply troubled. Jesus knew what he was going to go through. He knew that he was going to be betrayed, and the weight on his soul was heavy. If you're not going to quit because of the grind, here's another word. Here's another idea that might cause you to give up. It might not be the grind. Listen, it might be the grief. Jesus was grieved. His soul, the Bible said, was deeply troubled, and he was grieved emotionally. What is grief? Grief is the unexplainable funk over our lives sometimes. We can't explain it. There's nothing necessarily going wrong in life. We just wake up one morning and it's there. Sometimes it's because of an event or an experience. We lose somebody we love. Sometimes it's, it's spiritual. It's the enemy trying to get in your mind and your heart. But other times it's just uninvited. You just come and you wake up and it's there and it's grief. And it hits you hard and it makes you want to throw in the towel. And, and grief is scary and grief is tricky, but grief is also a liar. Because if we learn anything from Jesus' life, it's this. Grief wants to tell you that it's over even when we know it's not. Jesus is grieving even though he knows that the resurrection is going to happen. He's grieving even though he knows how it's going to end. And so really, grief is, is real, but it's also a lie because it tells us that it's over, but we know that it's not. The grief and the grave are two different things. The grief might indicate how I feel, but it would not indicate if I fail. Jesus is proof of that. Mary Magdalene going to the tomb is proof of that. She was grieving at the tomb, but three days later, Jesus came up out the grave. And I'm so glad that he did because it told me, listen, that you can grieve and still be godly. That you can feel like you're not going to make it and still make it. I needed Jesus to show me that because I know what it's like. You know, I, 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 I see God and he's perfect, but I'm not God. Okay, I'm a human. And I'm so glad that God became a human being to teach me how to be human. I remember one time I had a, had a, 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 a pastor. I, was, I looked up to him so much. And, uh, and one day we went to Haiti on a missions trip. And uh, I, he was encouraging. Have you ever met someone who's so close to God that it doesn't encourage you, it discourages you? Could I be real? you ever met someone like that? You're like, man, I will never get there. I was acting with this guy. His name was Bert. I love him. I tell the story all the time because it's real. Um, he, uh, he was one of those people in my life I always looked up to. And one day we're in Haiti. This is going to sound so unspiritual and so bad, but it's true. And uh, he, we were doing a missions trip, and there were these people who were selling fruit outside. And he stuck his head out of the school bus that we were in. 
He looked at the people and he said, he said, hey, he said, we're Americans. And we're here to help. We love you in Jesus' name. Yeah. And the Haitian person who was selling the fruit looked at him. And the only English that he knew and cursed my pastor out. He said a word, that I'm like, how does he know that word? But anyway, and I love my pastor. What he did in that next moment brought me so much closer to God. He blessed that man with the one finger blessing. And I'm in the back seat and I'm looking, I'm thinking. And I got so close to God that day. Can I tell you why? Because I realized that I don't have to pretend like I'm not human to get closer to God. I just have to endure my humanity. Jesus wasn't, Jesus was perfect, but he was also human. He didn't, he wasn't perfect because he wasn't human. He was perfect because he endured his humanity. And now if I feel like I'm not going to make it, that's okay because I know that I will just like Jesus did. And so you can't let grief get a hold of you. How did he make it? Listen, because he had a reason. He had a reason. Look at verse 27 real quickly. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me for this hour? But this is the very, say it with me, reason I came. It's amazing what you can endure if you have a reason. For all my CrossFitters who wake up at 5 a.m., you must have a reason to do that. <laughs> for every woman who decides to get pregnant, there's a reason. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, the cost is heavy, but there's a reason. You do it because there's a reason. And Jesus had a reason. And so let me tell you something. Jesus didn't uh, come to this earth to give you a guilt, uh, 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 a grind-free life. He didn't come to this earth to give you a grief-free life. He came to this earth to give you a reason to go on and a reason to continue. You know what his reason was? His reason was you. Looking back to Hebrews, the verse that we started with, and we'll close here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Listen, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You were Jesus's joy. You were Jesus's joy. And you were the reason why he was able to finish the race. The problem is, and here's what I was struggling with. The problem is what happens when you don't have joy in your race? What happens when what you're enduring is causing you to cry? It's causing you to break down. It's causing you to have, how do you go on when you don't have joy? And I was struggling with this until I, until I remembered uh, probably one of the coolest engagements I've ever been a part of. As a pastor, you get to share in some really cool moments. And one of those moments is when um, two people get married, and people are getting really creative with the engagements now. Um, sometimes they'll blindfold somebody, bring them like a tree, and they'll there's lights. It's pretty cool. This person was really awesome. He goes to our church. His name's William. Um, he, he decided that he would propose to his wife in an escape room. So they get into the room, and, and you know, at the end, there's this little piece of paper that has a four-digit code for you to get out of the room if you've ever been in this room, where you had to solve puzzles, and each puzzle gives you a code, and it gets you to the next room, and then finally you get the last code, and then you get out of the room. And so he said, in the last room, instead of there being a code, he put the engagement ring. And so you were supposed to get through all the levels to get through to the, uh, to, to the last one. And then at the end, he was going to go to the engagement and then you know, do the whole knee thing. And it was awesome. And we invited everybody there. So we're all there and we're like watching on the screen, like what's happening, you know. There's a big group of people just looking at the whole proposal scene go down. And uh, his fiance, or soon-to-be fiance, she said yes. Her soon-to-be fiance, and you would too. That was a pretty cool uh, engagement. Uh, as, as his fiance was kind of freaking out. She did not like this game. She is not a puzzle person. And so every time there was that, she's like, I don't want this. I want out. 
Every time it got hard, he's like, no, 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 we got to keep going. And there's like a button you can press. Like if you panic and get out, she's like, I can't. And he's like, no, 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 just keep going, just keep going. And he got all the answers ahead of time. And so right when it felt like it was over, he would put in the code. She's like, wow, you're smart. He's like, yeah, I know. And then he put in the puzzle and he put in the code and then it would go to the next level. And she'd be like, no, I can't go anymore. I got to go. I'm hitting the button. She's like, no, 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 don't get on. Don't go, don't go, quit. Don't go. You got to come. You got to follow. And finally the timer's running out and they haven't solved any of the puzzles. And so he puts in all the codes like in the last two minutes. Her back is not even, she's not even looking at him anymore. She's still working on the one puzzle like in the first room. And, and he comes and he grabs the ring and right before the timer comes out, she, he goes on his knees and, and she turns around and she's like, and we're watching on the screen and she, she yells at him. She says, what are you doing? The timer's about to run out. He's like, Liz, look. He's like, the timer's about to run out. I want out of here. We're gonna... He's like, Liz, look. She's like, what? I'm gonna hit her. She cried and she said yes and they hugged. That story kept replaying in my mind and kept replaying in my mind as I was preparing this sermon. And I think it's because God had a message for you today. And I think the message that he wanted to tell you is, I know it's getting hard and I know it's getting difficult and I know that everything in you wants to quit, but the goal is not to escape. The goal is to endure. We're all trying to get out of this room because it's getting hard and it's getting heavy, but what we don't know is that the treasure is in the room. And if we would just endure, we know somebody who's got the code. And even if it looks like at the last second, you're not going to make it. He's there. On one minute, will you spend the rest of your life our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For the joy set before him endured. Oh, get it now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I get it now. We were enough for him to finish the race, and that means that he must be enough for us to finish the race. The reward is not the escape. The reward for enduring is relationship. I needed to hear that because this week was a tough week for me, man. I, uh, it's been hard. I won't listen to all the details. It's been hard. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. I tried to hide it. I went to an event on Thursday with all of our friends, a function, smiling, because that's what ministers do. We're professional smilers. I sleep like this sometimes. And I ran into a, another friend who comes to our church. He's actually part of our legacy team. We were talking and chatting, and apparently I didn't do a good enough job. Because the next day he called me up and he said, Hey man, how you doing? And I told them, oh, great, you know, the church is going well. I got this trip coming up to Alabama, and then I go to Canada. It's going to be a lot of fun. He goes, that's cool, he said, but that's what you're doing. How are you doing? It's like, dang. And at that moment, I'm like, how much do I spill? How much do I? I'm glad that I could be transparent with him. It took everything in me to not cry on the phone, but I, I told him it was hard, and it was tough. And I was frustrated, man, because I was looking at this verse, and I'm like, Jesus went on because he has joy. I don't have joy. What our joy, joy, joy. I was like, how do I do this? I'm like looking at the Bible trying to, maybe you looked at the Bible like work. Where's the button? And it's joy, joy, joy. And then I realized the joy is not necessarily in the trial. It's in the relationship that you find in the trial. The reward was not the escape. It was enduring so that I could turn around and see the one who'd always been there the whole time. And so when I couldn't find joy in my struggle, even though I tried, I could still find joy in Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. And sometimes, see, that's why I would suck as like a self-help guru. Because I believe that sometimes you can't help yourself. 
I believe that even the greatest optimists sometimes, there are some situations in life that not even the greatest optimists can find a, a bright spot in. But the beautiful thing about being a Christian is that no matter how dark it gets, Jesus is still there. And if Jesus becomes your strength, and if Jesus becomes your reason, then you'll always endure, and you'll never quit, because he never quits you, and he never leaves you, and he never abandons you. And that's what he says, when, when will I ever leave you? When will my love ever leave you? If you go to heaven, I'm there. If you go to hell, I'm there. If you go into the ocean, I'm there. I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. Jesus is your joy. Jesus is your reason. And I don't care if you have a million reasons to quit. I got one reason for you to go on. Jesus. I don't care if the doctor gave you a million reasons why you won't get well. I got one reason why you will. Jesus, I don't care if the enemy's filled your mind with a million reasons why you need to abandon your family. Let me give you one reason why you shouldn't. Jesus, I don't care if the demons have filled your mind with a million reasons for why you should go home, slit your wrist, and end it tonight. There's one reason why you need to wake up tomorrow, and it's Jesus. And if you put your hope and your life and your joy in Jesus, you will always have a reason to go on. Would you stand with me this morning? Are you struggling? Are you weak? Are you weary? Are you tired? I want to challenge you to give it to Jesus this morning. He's the only one who exists both outside of your issue and in your issue. He's already sitting in victory outside of it, but he's also in it to accompany you with it. Don't be ashamed of the grind. It means you're trying. Don't be ashamed of your grief. Even Jesus grieved. It's not the ability to not feel grief or the ability to get past the grind. It's the ability to endure for the relationship that Jesus has for you. So all of this room, head bows and I closed. Would you just lift your hands right now? Maybe you can't find an answer to your problem, but can you find Jesus? Maybe the reason why he put you through it in the first place so that your relationship with him will go to the next level. Jesus, we find you this morning. Jesus, we look for you. I pray for every hand that's raised this morning. I pray for everybody praying right now. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit, the comforter, would meet them. I pray that with just one word, you would say peace right now over their life. We just need one word right now, Lord God. Just one touch right now. There's a million reasons filling our heads why we need to give up on our jobs, a million reasons why we need to give up on our, on our dream, on our business, on our YouTube channel, on our relationships, on our goals. But if you can just give us one reason right now, it's you, Jesus. If you could just give us one word, one touch, I pray right now, Lord, that you speak peace over every husband, every wife, every child, every daughter, every work person, Lord God, every employee, every employer right now, every struggling student, struggling musician and actor, God, would you give us that one reason? Would you whisper right now, right now where you are, just tell them, Jesus, you're the reason. Jesus, you're my reason. Tell them, Jesus, you're my reason, and I receive your peace. Amen. With our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if you're here today, and you don't have that reason. You've never made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe you've been in church, but you've been out of church, and you're kind of wishy-washy in your commitment, but today you feel pulled to your heart and saying, you know what, I I've been living, there's too many reasons the enemy's been, I, I, I need Jesus in my heart right now. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my mind and in my soul. If that's you today, then when I say three, I want you to do something for me. I want you to raise your hand as a signal. You want Jesus in your life. If that's you, one, three, one, two, three, shoot up your right hand. I need Jesus in my life. When I say three, I need you, Lord. I want you, Lord, in my heart. One, two, come on, let him be the reason. Three right now all over this building. Let him be the reason. Let him be the reason. 
He's the only one. He exists outside of your issue and in your issue. I need you, Jesus. Come on, if you've raised your hand, then I want everybody to pray. With You can put your hand down. Everyone pray together. Dear Jesus. Come on, say it with authority. Say, dear Jesus, I hear you. I see you. I feel you. I give you my life, and I receive your peace. My eyes are not on the trial anymore. It's on you. Be my peace. I give you my life. I love you, Lord. Forgive me. Amen. Well, let's worship. Let's go back into God's presence. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us, amen at journeyorl.com, where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text Journey ORL to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.